in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bullyproofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borland. And we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, share your thoughts to team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, today our topic is controlling your investment and retirement fees. We look at this as really calculating your total cost of ownership when it comes to investing and how you can control the fees and expenses related. Uh, first powerful tool is just knowing. It, it's really important to know total costs, not just internal spreads, fees, margins, and loads, but uh, fees, advisory fees all combined would be more like your total investing costs. And if they're transaction costs or technology fees or administrative and accounting fees all wrapped together, uh, can be hidden from you if the advisor fee separate of all those other packaged component costs. So we, we kind of unpack it, if you will, decouple, decompress, stretch out and shine a light on all the layers of costs. So you know, total cost of ownership. Now, Here's a thought. You ever heard, no, no doubt you've heard this, every penny counts or a penny saves a penny earned. So true on a fixed income in the, the retirement phase of your life because whatever income you have coming in, that's your inflow. And whatever outflow you have, your expenses, that kind of sets the scene for a picture of a fixed income. Now, you may still have other buckets of money and funds to fall back on, but there is a little monthly eco cycle to be fully aware of. And it's kind of funny, I guess it's funny, that most people sort of fail to think about costs for their investments and their financial advice. In the same way that they consider the costs with other aspects of their life, you just think of it being different for whatever reason, and it's not. It's a legitimate and real area of cost and something to keep your eye on and something to allow to be part of your overall financial uh, makeup of inflows and outflows, because it's part of a professional service that will provide you the advice you need throughout all of your retirement uh, years of life, which could be 20 or 30 years post-retirement, post-employment, you know, where you say goodbye to all those people you worked with and the job and walk away. Do you ever shop around for deals You know, when buying groceries, um, other goods and services of any kind? Well, of course you do. And isn't it in your best interest to make sure that you don't overpay for those goods and services that you receive. You certainly want to keep as much of your money as you can. That makes sense. You want to get good value. You want to get a good price. You want a fair cost for the things that make a measurable difference in your life. But when you get to retirement and for the first time, you're able to start like privately investing sizable amounts of your retirement funds, taking them out of the, the company deferred plans, you know, all the, the 401ks, 403bs, TSAs, all the things you get access to when you finally either move from a company, you know, voluntarily or involuntarily or retire from a company. 
or you're at an age where you can begin to roll over. Um, rolling over those assets, now if you're 59 and a half or better, uh, please ask your HR department or your third-party administrator for your 401k plan if you're eligible for an in-service rollover where you still work for the company, you contribute, they match, but you can access some of your money, large amounts from your 401k and roll it over to your IRA and get your private plan started. Be sure to ask about that. But, um, well, if you end up with more money in your pocket when it's all said and done, it's just that, more money in your pocket. But don't be in a hurry to spend money or let it burn a hole in your pocket because when you're in retirement, there's not new money coming in month after month. So you might need to reinvest some of that money, uh, enjoy some of it, give some of it, but all according to a plan because you don't want a plan to fail uh, by any by any means. Now, fees, they can add up in a hurry, different costs associated with investing or advice and all the above. And if you want to make sure that you won't run out of money prior to running out of life, then you need to keep as much as you can inside your portfolio at all times and working for you. Now, that, that being said, there's also the adage of penny wise, pound foolish. The point is not to overpay for value. Get value at the right price. So today's show, well, we're going to help you not only locate fees and calculate what they are, but teach you how you can control some of those total costs. Well, sometimes what's instructive is not just the front of your statement, but maybe take a look at the back of your statement as well. Just kind of, and, and we can help you to de-jargonize what some of these different things are that's listed on the back that kind of helps explain what is or maybe what is not listed on the front. So here are the thought-provoking questions that tie into today's show. So on average, how much does it cost, not only in investment advisory fees, to buy, sell, hold stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs? Are all mutual funds loaded with commissions and fees? And the answer is seemingly yes, but we'll also go through the, the phrase or the term no-load mutual funds and explain exactly what that means as well. So some of these are marketing terms, but even the no-load mutual funds do have some layers of loads and fees. So what are expense ratios? Not only what's the internal expense ratio, but how about the external expense ratio? What other types of fees are inside mutual funds? And sometimes it's the layers of mutual funds. If you take a look at your statements, look at what the ticker symbol is, then actually go to one of these finance pages and look up those ticker symbols Sometimes what you see is that the first layer of holdings inside of that host fund are other funds. It's just peeling the layers of the onion is what it seems like. And most of those tools that you all have access to as consumer investors don't even show you that. They'll show you the top 25% or 25 holdings or top 10 holdings, uh, variations of it, of the actual stocks held or bonds and won't even disclose to you additional funds that are holding additional stocks or funds that are holding additional funds. So we pay a lot of money each year for subscription to tools that do just that. And we're, we're just, we're never, never cease to be amazed at how much internal costs are there that consumers are flat out not informed about. How about annuities? Do they have fees? And how comparatively speaking do variable annuities compare to the fixed annuities, which also includes the fixed index annuities when it comes to fee structures? How about higher mutual fund fees? Do they actually translate or correlate to higher or better performance? How about why do ETFs, which are exchange-traded funds, why do they typically have lower expense ratios than most mutual funds? 
what's the average annual cost of an actively managed mutual fund, and also, by extension, the variable annuities that come with or inside these different products. Do most actively managed mutual funds outperform their benchmarks? And reminder about the benchmarks, not all the time is the benchmark something as simple as the S&P 500. There are different benchmarks. Some of them are proprietary to a particular company that's more applicable to the performance, in other words, the benchmark. And then finally, how do you help to control and perhaps even to minimize fees while still getting value? And James, I've always thought it was a contradiction in terms actively managed mutual funds, because how low level can you actually manage a group of stocks if they're inside a, a batch of mutual funds? You lose some ability to directly control and directly actively manage those holdings. So it's just an actively non-actively managed mutual fund. It's it's marketing again, just like you said earlier. So many of these things are misnomers. I think even purposely misleading through branding, marketing, and, and clever little isms. Uh, and like genuine leather. Yeah, genuine leather. Vinyl. How about that one? Brokers make your broker. Uh, securities are making people feel insecure. And the list goes on and on and on about uh, terminology used by non-fiduciaries in the industry to make you feel and think so much better about things, but if you only knew. So that's kind of the heart of today's show. So moving past some thought-provoking questions and into it's our experience that discussing like retirement investing with our clients, very few of you out there know exactly what you're paying, what's coming out of your money due to these fees, charges, redundancies, and expense. You know, the number can be quite astounding. Uh, what if you had a financial product or vehicle and it was costing you 5% in annual fees and you didn't even know it? What if you thought that the only fee you were paying was 1% annual management fee to your advisor, only to find out later everything the advisor is investing your money in also carries additional costs of 1% to 2% or more? See how all this fits together? Total cost of ownership. James? Some Call thoughts. us at our office. Our phone number 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. Let's stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors. LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are an independent RIA. That's a registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients, not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, controlling your investment and retirement fees, how to find, calculate, control your investment fees and expenses is what we're talking about. And where we left off is something that we see happens every day, every day that we work together, James. And that's where 
Clients are thinking that their only real cost of investing is either a management fee, and if they don't have anyone managing or helping, then it's little to no cost at all. But that's not true. There's as much or more oftentimes cost inside added to any management fee, transactional costs, accounting, technology, et cetera, all bolted together, being a total cost of ownership that people just don't know. So where we left off was you might think you know, but James, take it. Well, here's another one. Just as a reminder, when we talk about the different types of fees. So if you are working with a financial advisor, another fee that you commonly see would be the planning fees. So before you get to the actual investments themselves, you're working with the financial advisory firm and they charge you for what amounts to as a marketing brochure. They're charging you for the planning fees of what to invest in when it comes to your investments. Seems kind of counterintuitive, right? Greg, any more thoughts on that? Just come in and sit down with any one of us on a complimentary basis, no cost, no obligation. We'll help you sift through this because what we'll do is we'll analyze your current investments, uh, your plan, if there is a plan. We'll put together a draft plan. They'll be very comprehensive. We'll make specific recommendations on how you should invest, what you should change. We'll enlighten you really on what you're holding currently and the internal cost, all costs together. Is it appropriate for you? Is it the right risk? Will it produce the income needed? Will it produce the growth and the offset inflation over long periods of time? Are you going to succeed? We want you to know that. So that's complimentary. So come on in for that. Now, here's a, here's maybe a rhetorical question. If you could save $100,000 simply by making better choices, would you do this? Would you do that? Well, of course. Who wouldn't? You might be sitting on opportunities to save and shave unnecessary costs and improve the nature of investments to succeed more on purpose. But you know what? Right now, you should just write down our number, 513-575-9654, 575-9654, or email us at team at brownfinancialadvisors.com and request your completely free review, a second opinion on the health of your wealth. So if you could save $100,000 just by making better choices, would you do it? Well, yes. It's, it's from a recent financial study that shows this can be true for you. That compared uh, buying, let's say, between two separate funds, comparing the, the purchase and use of two separate funds, one a mutual fund and one an ETF, and subsequently owning those funds for a 40-year period, it resulted in a $190,000 total cost difference when it was all said and done. So who do you think developed mutual funds and who do you think they developed them for if there's that much of an outrageously different cost over time to your disadvantage? Well, I can tell you Wall Street did it. The brokerage firms, the big names that you hear and see on TV, those are the companies that created them for themselves, really not for you. Okay, ETFs, individual held stocks, strategies that utilize ETFs and stocks together are the place you need to be. Now, although this is an example, if you consider that your retirement could easily be a 20 or 30 year period, then isn't it feasible that your, your cost should be something you pay attention to on a regular basis? If this 40 year comparison resulted in almost $200,000 of unnecessarily additional costs wasted spent that could have gone to your bread, eggs and milk and fun life experiences and ways to retire and enjoy it too with family, friends and building, making lasting memories, et cetera, then it should get your attention that we as your tour guide of successfully navigating retirement should be someone you ought to be sitting down with. And we look forward to that opportunity. It's time to stop overlooking, ignoring your fees or blindly trusting financial people who don't even work for you. 
and assuming that they're investing your money in the most cost-effective things at all times? No, probably not. But don't you need to know? Don't show it to yourself. Hey, if they're doing a great job, we'll tell you. If you're in the right things, mostly we'll, we'll let you know. If there's some tweaks, simple changes, couple modifications, no problem. But if you need a facelift in this area, you can't get it fast enough, right? The, the <laughs> sand of the hourglass are exhausting. And your financial, you know, warehouse of all things to provide for you for the rest of you forever is being depleted. And is it being depleted unnecessarily? You need to know the price of these relationships, the cost of your portfolio, and any way that you can reduce cost, increase value, improve return, and succeed on purpose is precisely what you need to be investigating right now. So let's go through the four different categories or the types of fees that you really should pay attention to, starting with the product level fees. So before we actually get into the specific types of products and the vehicles to maybe perhaps avoid, the alternatives that you really maybe should choose from, you should know first and foremost about the four basic types of fees that you're going to run into. First one being the basic product level fee. This is the fee that the company offering the financial vehicle may attach to your product. So to give you an example, let's just say that you have an account with Edward Jones and they have taken some of your money invested into mutual funds called American funds. American funds is their own entity. That means they're a mutual fund company. In this case, the financial advisory company, Edward Jones, is simply using the mutual fund product for their client, their own mutual fund client. However, that American Funds mutual fund isn't free to invest in. They charge annual expenses. They also have commissions. They also have 12B1 fees. So trading costs inside, it all adds up. These are just examples of a product that you put money into and the fee that the company offering this is what they're also charging as well. It starts adding up over time is the point. What's next, Greg? It sure does. Just thinking about that, we could never do that. That would be a conflict of interest, putting you in our own stuff. We don't have our own stuff. We just have the stuff you need that's out there, uh, competitively positioned to get you what will work best in your strategy for your plan, for your purpose and your outcome, your targeted goal. And then what's the least costly blend that also holds the right mix of things to do so. That's, that's what's best for you. And it's just, who, who knows these things? People don't generally know these things, James. That's, that's the problem. Uh, who wouldn't make the best decision when they get all the facts? Custodian level fees. Let's look at that next. You have custodian level fees. These are typically the smallest of the fee categories, but worth noting anyway. If you have a TD Ameritrade account or a brokerage account of some kind and you hold that American Funds mutual fund inside of it, then not only do you pay American Funds, as we just mentioned, but you also pay the brokerage of Fidelity or whatever, you know, E-Trade. Schwab. Schwab. And they're the ones administering and hosting your investment account for you. The custodians typically can charge two types of fees. One would be your normal maintenance fee. Uh, not all custodians charge this, and it could be something like $30 per year, as an example. The other fee they're going to charge you is to trade, buy, or sell. There could be some form of transaction or it could be an all-inclusive pricing tier that you may or may not be aware of. Uh, but, you know, when you sell a fund and buy a, another one, they'll likely charge you to sell the fund and then charge you again to buy something new. Trading costs can be baked in in a way that you don't see it. It might even be presented to you that there are no trading costs. 
but they ultimately vary greatly across the different custodians. And um, just so you know there, like our cost is all inclusive. We have a cost that includes all the transactional aspects, the investment management, the uh, access to the registered funds, the annualized accounting of it, um, any technology fees, all included. So you know what you're getting on a single line item of cost, fully transparent. That's a key word. That's what fiduciaries do. Okay. So just some thoughts there. James, next area. Well, the next one is for advisory fees. And this may or may not be a part of your situation, but here's what typically happens. If you're working with an advisor, they're charging you some type or layer of advisory fees. And this also is true if you're working with a broker who's licensed to charge fees for their advice and quote unquote management of your account. So for example, you might have an advisor charging you, let's just say 1.5% annually based on the total amount of money that you have under their care. This is what's called assets under management. So if you have 500,000 being managed, 1.5% of that is $7,500 per year. So this is on top of the product fees and maybe the custodian fees that you might have also been paid. Now the difference there is we'll show you expected rates returns net of any cost. So what you get, not some larger number and then that later when you don't get it, you say, well, why didn't I get that? Oh, that was because that was before our expenses. No, we show you after expense projections, we show you fee adjusted um, historic returns. So you can actually start by knowing what's real versus what's less than real. All these little things, we could have a show called Tricks of the Trade. If I could tell you they wouldn't be tricks we're involved in, it's of the trade. We're not of the trade, we're of the people, we work for you. It's Main Street, which is us all working together versus Wall Street. And these are just some of the subtle differences. Commissions and loads. You know, lastly, depending on the type of advisor you have, they may also be licensed to make commissions. So this is an area we should come back and visit a little more length as we come back after the break. But in the meantime, just contact us, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Phone number is 513-575-9654, Come in, get a plan, get the analysis to review, get a second opinion on the health of your wealth. It's free, no obligation. You should just come on and see us. And our phone number, 513-575-9654. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Morton. We are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. And it really does all start with the plan. That means actually having a plan, knowing what you own, why you own it. So whether you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, IRA rollover, investment planning, retirement planning, income planning, tax planning, social security maximization, Roth conversion analysis, NUA analysis, perhaps even an in-service rollover. All these things and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford. We also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, y'all. You know, James's people make a lot of uh, well, shifting around different jobs, new opportunities, leave one company for another Please seriously consider rolling your IRA or 401k over to an IRA and start your private investment plan. And if you're part of a company buyout or 
being offered a deal to retire early. We're looking at a, a pension. You can take some lump sum or some as monthly payments over time, or you're about to make a Social Security uh, election decision on starting your Social Security, and you're wondering about spousal benefits and when's the best time to take it in the big picture uh, of your overall plan. Those are all things we're just ready, willing, and able to help with, and, and there's no obligation for that. So people are just... you. We want to make sure we say all enough of the right things. You know how diversified we are as a holistic firm that helps with investments, investment management, insurance and insurance advisory, tax preparation, tax advisory, estate planning, um, tax-free retirement strategies, Medicare Advantage, Medicare Supplement, healthcare gap. You know, if you're going to retire early and going to have a gap on your health care between the time you retire and Medicare, all of those are things we can help you with. So just give us a call. We left off talking about uh, the next area of expenses that are found. Oftentimes, the fingerprint of commissions and loads comes into play. So remember that American Fund Mutual Fund example mentioned earlier, a company owned by Edward Jones and how, you know, we, from our perspective, that would be a conflict of interest. And it's not to pick on Edward Jones. This happens throughout Wall Street, the brokerage community, uh, having financial interest in other financial companies who have product services that they then end up providing mostly of as a result of the relationship, which may or may not be the best thing for you, but they have something called best interest contract and they can just validate that you know, out of thing one and thing two, thing one's better for you. So there you go. Well, and thing one happens to be wholly owned subsidiary of XYZ Co. You know, it goes on and on versus what's actually best for you. Well, most of those American funds are A shares, which means that when your advisor puts, say, $100,000 into a mutual fund, they might be making and taking 5.75% right up front as a sales load. Okay, it's a commission they get to collect. So of, uh, say it's just 5%. So if you have 100,000 going into the market, how much just went into the market? 95,000. Where'd the other 5,000 go? It's gone already. So it goes on. And you can invest, let's say you invest 100,000, they get 5.75 of it. Okay, in this example, your initial investment starts at 94,250. What happened to the rest of it? It's gone already. One important thing to remember that there are certain advisors, advisory practices, and salespeople that are licensed to incorporate all four levels of fees into your mix. So they're getting you four different ways. And the total cost of ownership of your investments is much higher than you would want to even know, but you should know and you need to find out. You should come see us about that. You can have an advisor who uses loaded mutual funds collects the commission from them, but also charges you 1% annual management fee. Uh, this is a kicker. We'll run into people that just come in and say, well, I like everything that you have to say. I'd really like to work with you, but I got a problem. Your, your management fee is a little more than 1%, and I'm only paying 1% currently. And we think, gosh, if you only knew you have a red dot painted on your head by a laser and don't even know it, you've been pegged and pinned, you've been lost led on your management fee, thinking 1% is less than the cost of doing business with someone like us that can make you all better on purpose, not realizing your total cost of ownership is two or three times that. So they got you, okay? Watch the hand, not the rabbit, not the hat. Can tell you, we'll be more efficient, more economically appropriate for you in all things considered on total cost of ownership than you can imagine. So be careful about falling for the loss-led fee versus total cost of your investing ownership. James. Well, speaking of efficiency, another thing that we commonly see, especially with people with baskets of mutual funds, 
seemingly four, five, six, eight, ten different mutual funds is the overlaps, the redundancies, the repetitiveness of the investments that are inside the funds. Oftentimes, when we run our portfolio analysis review, also known as our PAR report, we'll uncover these types of inefficiencies that you may have inside of the host fund where you're owning essentially the same positions like six, eight, or even 10 different times inside of your portfolio. All of these things add up. It's the inefficiencies also of your portfolio that indirectly lead to the higher costs of your portfolio. Any thoughts on that? No, it's just uh, layers of cost, uh, most of which you aren't aware of, but all of which affect you and affect you adversely. And it and it gets worse over time, as the earlier example gave of um, side-by-sides of certain investments over 40 years, cost nearly $200,000 and just gone, gone money. It's- well, here, here's maybe the point about that. Apple, Amazon, whoever, they might be great companies to invest in, but own them, for example, once, not eight, 10 different times inside your portfolio. That's maybe the, the final point about that. You only now, need to own so much as you. You only need so much Apple, so much Microsoft, um, so many different exposures to certain industries and sectors and components without being lopsided. And we oftentimes use the example that if you were loaded up on a raft going down the river and it started to list and started to sink and you weren't really a good swimmer, you'd be wondering what's happening to you. Well, you're overloaded on certain things. You're out of balance and you didn't even know it. And now you're going down. You know, if the market pulls back, you feel like you've been mugged and beat too and you don't know what's up. It's because you hold too many of the things that are going south, but you didn't know you owned them at all, let alone own that much of them. It's messy and we can clean it up. I trust me, we can manage that much more efficiently and effectively than what you're likely experiencing this very moment. Now, as far as the different types of financial vehicles that typically are laden with fees, now we see this most frequently with two different types of vehicles, first one being the actively managed mutual funds, second one being the variable annuities. But let's start with the, the mutual funds. Two types, really two main types of mutual funds, one being the actively managed fund, the other being maybe an index fund. So we're talking specifically here about the actively managed funds as these types of funds are actively, you know, actually managed by an internal mutual fund manager or a team of people inside of that fund management team. I know it sounds redundant, right? It sounds so redundant. I just want to call Boulder Dash. And Boulder Dash, I don't believe you can actively manage mutual funds effectively. Anyone, once you get two or more mutual funds together and they're all quote unquote actively managed, they start to contort and, and can work against each other. And the other is um, an index fund, a mutual fund that's an index fund, that is so inefficient. There are ETFs that mirror uh, index funds much more favorably. So I just think if you're actively managing mutual funds of either type in the brokerage community, Wall Street's got you in the crosshairs and you should come and see us immediately. That's what I think about that. Boulder Dash. It's from the Department of Redundancy Department is where that's from. So at any rate... Here's typically what they try to do, whether they succeed or not, is another story. But let's just say the S&P goes up by 20%. They want theirs to go up by at least 21%. If the market goes down by 15%, they're hoping that they only lost you only 14%. Now, again, for this active management, they will charge what's known as an expense ratio. But, Greg, what's next? Well, in the area of looking at variable annuities, or in the expense ratios 
inside the mutual funds. Um, the average annual transaction cost on top of the cost of the mutual fund is 1.44%. So if the management expense ratio is 1% and the transactional costs uh, reach 1.44, guess what? You're pushing 2.44% in total cost of ownership so far. But what if that advisory firm charged you uh, 1% for advisory management as earlier given that example? And it seems competitive. You're up to 3.44%. You know, there are some 10-year periods in the market, the down the S&P, where it, it was stretched to average 8% during the 10-year period, of which, if you're doing the math, you've given half of your wealth away of your average rate of return, and, and you're left with what's left to hopefully overcome inflation and have a drawdown of a certain percentage each year of your money to pay yourself with your own money as cash flow for retirement. So, and if you consider that a lot of the actively, actively managed mutual funds out there could also be those A shares we mentioned then they're front-loaded, too, with upwards of 5% up front, plus the internal costs ongoing with, with some of these. James mentioned loaded, no-load, low-load type funds. Well, it's time to kind of mention that. A no-load is a load of bulls, what it is, because it says it can have a load not to exceed 0.25% or quarter 1% annually. Well, that's still a load. You would think that just by the naming convention of no-load, you would have no-load, but wrong again. You get Wall Street involved and you can't trust labels, brands, catchphrases and and single word nouns, which are really verbs taking the money. I just OK, low load versus uh, no load versus a load. You, you ought to come in and just see the, the little matrix of what these these actual words are defined as in terms of real cost. There's some to more heavily cost oriented funds in this area. I don't know. You know, we can just say fewer than 8% of large cap active managed fund managers were able to beat the benchmark over the past 15 years. Only 8%. That means 92% of the time you're not even meeting the benchmark they're supposed to meet. I can go on on that. We should go on a little bit more after the break and talk about variable annuities too. Yes. Our fund number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call so we can help. But stay tuned, you're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borton. We are an independent registered investment advisory firm. That means we do work for clients, not companies. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, as we continue on this controlling your investment and uh, retirement fees, the total cost of ownership, as I like to call it, you need to know what that is. And we'll help you assess that when you come in, amongst other things, like then giving you a plan, straightforward recommendations, and the actual investments that will be uh, best suited for you. So something before we leave the cost of these uh, mutual funds, uh, and to some degree, even some of the ETFs out there, you have, an, a, you have another cost that can, that can reduce the value of your account unfavorably against you um, called tracking error. You know, the goal of some of these to, to match and mirror the benchmark indices, like uh, a mutual fund or an ETF that's supposed to, meet or exceed the benchmark of the um, S&P 500. Well, why wouldn't it, if it's holding the same stuff, why wouldn't it just match it? 
Well, because they're taking some different weights, some different calculations, some different um, timing elements. So market timing, track record investing, and, and lucky stock picking, we know is a cardinal sin and that there has to be much more formulaically and metric oriented to arrive at the right collection of things on purpose and have a better outcome. But tracking error is interesting. You can have an S&P based fund that ends up being overbought because it's overmarketed. It's marketed in such a way by a brokerage firm that people want it or the, or the brokerage firm just uses it for everyone. And so many people end up in that fund the value of it, right? Demand increases price. So there's a higher demand. So the price per unit of that mutual fund goes up. Well, if you just reverse engineered it at some point and said, how many shares outstanding of all this stuff is there based on its current price? And does that equal or exceed or fall short of an equivalent value, the actual S&P 500? And you'll find the price per share, price per unit, you end up with an overvalued holding how can you hold something that's supposed to mirror the S&P 500 and it be overvalued? It's called tracking error. Demand of something that's not actually the market can cause it to be valued higher than the market. But does it have really the value to match that value? No, only the market itself represents the value. So you end up with something overvalued. That means you just own something. You're just, it's a matter of time. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose money. You should never have had lost because you're owning something that's overvalued compared to the thing it's supposed to be valued and pegged to. I hope you got that. If you didn't, it's just probably costing you money already. Variable annuities, James, another area here. Oh, yes. These are full of fees typically. And usually what happens is you wind up trying to do two things at once. You never do them at, you know, at all well is, is kind of the whole point. So in other words, you efficiently should invest in a market if you want to be investing in a market. You efficiently should buy insurance if that's what you want to do, which is to buy insurance protection. Now, on the other hand, variable annuities trying to do two different things at the same time. Neither one is done very well. You put money into the contract and then they start investing into what's called sub accounts. Sub accounts are typically invested into actively managed mutual funds, but you also don't typically have a wide variety or choice of mutual funds. Also, you have what's called a mortality and expense fee. That's going back to the insurance component of the contract, which is around another 1% annually. And kind of leads back to this. It's like 99% of variable annuities give the other 1% a bad name. If you have a variable annuity, very simply come see us. We'll put the insurance company on the phone and they'll let on as far as what you actually have versus what you thought you had. It's it's very simply, it's not a good way to invest. There's better ways. Come see us. We can help with the variable annuity conundrum. And if you didn't hear that, I'll say it again. If you have a variable annuity, you probably got it from a brokerage firm or a bank and you need to come see us. And we'll be sure as we share the analysis with you that we put you at one of our padded tables so that when your jaw drops open, you won't hit the top of the table so hard. That's how dramatic this is. I want you to really understand that you're going to be in for a surprise with what's inside some of these variable annuities. And not and a pleasant one at that. No. And the sooner you know, the better you're going to you're going to traject and project better values in your accounts over long periods of time because you're going to you're going to squeeze out some savings that's going to be so consequential over the time value of money that you can literally not get to our office fast enough to have some of this analysis done. Please take advantage of it. Oh, but James, on the variable annuities and such, 
instruments or products. Then come the writers, additional layers of things put onto your account. You know, James, you mentioned the M&E, the mortality expense. What that is, de decoded, is about 1% annually so that if you put $100,000 in variable annuity, and this is just one area here, and it loses 20% in, in the market because it's a market-based risk investment, then you'd be down to $80,000. Well, if you died, you, your family would get your money back. So people are dying to get their money back. Actually, it's their families are waiting for you to die to get your money back. Now, some of those M&E expenses that guarantee that your money, your original money would be paid out as a death claim, that goes away when you start making normal withdrawals. You'll pay for such a writer's M&E for the life of the contract, but you only get benefit of it if you die before you start using your own money. Just little things, wrinkle after wrinkle. But then come the other writers, bells and whistles, if you will, special enhancements that usually come with the cost. Some can be beneficial, but very few in variable annuities are. More fixed and fixed index annuities, that family of products is more efficient. But you add an income rider or a death benefit enhancement that will give you a pseudo X percent per year that will add money to your, your it's fake money, but it'll pay real money to beneficiaries. It'll just never be real money to you during your lifetime. The income rider, it builds up kind of a, a, a kind of a false bucket of money to be used, however, to calculate income for life. So it can be real on a monthly basis as a paycheck for the rest of your life each month until you're gone. But you know, what's interesting is that all these writers on those types of products, they'll end up, once you start withdrawing, you'll take your part for the rest of your forever, and then they're taking the other half in essence. Mathematically, we can show you to where most of your money just disappears before you do. It's not uncommon to see variable annuity with a writer or two to have an annual all-in expense north of 4% per year. That's half of the S&P returns over long periods of time. You've just given up to these internal costs. It's like swimming across a farm pond with the with you know, an anchor on your back. Annuities are insurance contracts designed for retirement or other long-term needs. They provide guarantees of principal, credit and interest. They're subject to surrender charges. They're guarantees of protection are based on the financial strength of the company. We're not against all annuities, okay? There are some annuities that might be exactly what you need and the only thing that'll provide what you need, like a guaranteed income paycheck for life, a way to uh, protect against downside market exposure and get some of the upside. But those aren't variable annuities. Those are fixed and fixed index annuities. And some of those are so fat with commissions that you as the consumer investor lose out on the greatest amount of benefit and value because someone's getting fat and happy off of some commission check. As financial fiduciaries, we'll line you with what you should be in and get you out of things you shouldn't be in. And when we're talking about products like annuities, there'll be those that help you uh, with reduced expenses on riders no internal fees, no fees for management, very efficient. You deserve that. You and your money and your family and your legacy, your retirement, all deserve that. James? Oh, so what are some alternatives? Well, let's start with the funds alternative, ETFs, exchange-traded funds, better alternative than mutual funds. And they are similar in a number of different ways to the different types of mutual funds. So, for example, they have diversified baskets of securities, also known as stocks and bonds, but usually stocks inside of the, the host fund. But on average, they cost substantially less than the active mutual funds. How that matters is because comparable results with lower fees equals higher returns. Sounds like a, a good trade, right? Mm -hmm. Greg, what's next? Well, and then on that, James, um, 
you know, for smaller accounts, we use exchange traded funds because you can get a lot more stock coverage and bond coverage for less money and be diversified too at very low cost. Um, on the other hand, for larger accounts, we like to use the stocks. So stocks directly, um, not forget they're, they're the most cost effective way to invest. Uh, you hold the right stocks by different strategies blended. You get the dividends too, no transaction costs, no internal costs, no annual costs or fees. Very nice. Just management fee for the stock selection process and your ongoing planning. Uh, another area to say not related to stocks, we touched upon fixed annuities. They have no annual fees. There's no management fee. There's no internal costs. You get participation upside the market with none of the exposure to the downside. There's the right one for you. A lot of them you shouldn't have involvement with. And for some of you, you just don't belong in any annuities. We should be the voice of reason, voice of truth to help you in this direction. All things financial and preparing succeeding retirement on purpose. Yes, there's more. There's much more. I'm funded by the office. 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. Now, on behalf of Greg, myself, James, thank you for listening today. Have a great week, and remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you. <laughs> 